Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I am your host, Reese Riley, and my guest today is one of the veterans when it comes to DJing. He's been around for a <laughs> while. <laughs> um, he's worked with a number of people, um, including PhD, Farrow Munch, and Mob Deep in terms of opening up for them. He's working on a current album at the moment. So yeah, I'd like to welcome DJ Scissor Hands. Yo, what's up, bro? How you doing, what's bro? Up? Um, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so first thing I want to know, bro, is how you got into DJing in the first place, man. <sighs> um, man, it's like, I think, it's like with anyone doing anything now, you know, it's like there's there's a hundred stories that lead to the one thing. So um, I know, I think, I think uh, it was just loving hip hop and loving hip hop culture. Um, yeah. I was a b-boy first, bro. Oh, true. So, yeah, so I used to, I used to break um, at intermediate school and leading into high school. Um, and then uh, big big things that were happening at the time was um, Major Flavors. Yeah. Um, yep. Severe. Uh, P-Money was really popping off. Um, and also, you know, like international influences. Mixmaster Mike was all over that shit with... Um, uh, 3MC's one DJ that that video bro was yeah, like yeah. something that was like whoa what the fuck that, that shit's crazy uh, and then um, DJ Rectangle mixtapes yep so my my uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time Lewin and we're still in touch to this day the bro Lewin he's a bit older than me but he, he was always like my older brother in, in many ways you know we used to ride around in his Toyota Starlet oh listen, nice listening to um listen to rectangle tapes and i just got fully into it um shout out to dj rectangle likes my instagram these days which to me is like that's like well that's shit. big man that's yeah big. um but yeah and it was just like all these tiny little things and it's like so when i was 13 i sold my drum kit um and my electric guitar because i was like fuck this i just want to <laughs> i just want to scratch yeah, um yeah. and then being 13 years old bro i spent all that shit on fucking booze and pies and Lots, of, lots of CDs, do, bro. bro. I just bought tons of CDs, which in hindsight, you know, it's like now that I'm a bit older, um, without buying all those CDs, I probably wouldn't have got that heavy into the DJing in a way anyway. Because it's yeah. like, you know, I sold this shit to buy DJ gear, but I ended up buying tons of CDs, which then just made me get deeper and deeper and deeper into the shit. Yeah. So it's like when I finally could afford some turntables when I was 17, um, you know, I was, I was at that point, I was like fucking hungry, you know, um, and it was my foreman at the time because I'm a panel beater by trade, bro. So my, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. my foreman, that, yeah. yeah, my foreman at the time, uh, shout out Al. Um, he, he, uh, like I talked to him cause he was, he spent like eight years, eight and a half years in the UK and, um, him and his wife were like psychotronic, psychedelic trance, like they were into psychedelic trance and shit. And they, oh, they were DJs and yeah. they'd made music and they'd done a whole bunch of shit. Um, and he was my foreman and he was like, just fucking do it. Stop talking about wanting to buy some changes. Just go fucking do it. I'm just like, it's like, yo. So it, was, it took that last little like push. That's cool, man. I mean, to go get some shit, some shitty equipment, lock myself away. Um, just tried to learn how to use this shit. Playing. How long does it take? Like, how long did it take you to <laughs> like? Because you know how there's different scratches. You got like baby. You got stab. Yeah. Like, crab look like looks like one of the hardest to learn. It was, but now now it's like an intermediate. Okay. You know. So what was what was the hardest technique to learn? Hmm. I don't know. I, th I mean, because I think even the more basic ones have have their hard sides to them. So it's like even like a baby, right? Yeah. Like when it comes to scratching, like a baby, there's a million ways you can do it and you can get really technical with it. So it's like when you learn all these scratches and you've got like the same record movement 
going all the time. It's easy to get it that way. But then when you need to unlearn a lot of your bad habits to then relearn all the basic things again in order to get more out of them. What do you that, mean when you say bad habits? Um, it's like, you know, you've got a particular way and it's a particular flow that you sort of stick with or yeah, a particular yeah. way you put these scratches together. Right. But as soon as you want to like move your baby in a, partic- in, a, in a different way to get a different sound out of it while doing something on the crossfader or like throwing a tiny baby in between um, other little bits just to get like uh, little fillers or little uh, little accents going in your scratches. Oh, so you've got to unlearn it. all these habits that you've learned by learning the basics right. and then getting better and better and better and better. And you've got to like separate yourself from everything you know and relearn the basics again and push yourself to figure out the basics like figure out different ways to do the basics and how long does that take well how long did it take you uh, a while you know um and a lot of it is because just as i think it's like a dude thing too you just want to like get in and you just want to be like yeah but, yeah yeah you know it wasn't till i was quite a bit old like i'm saying like three years ago four years ago it wasn't till i was quite a bit older that i was like man i really want to like take this to another level um so yeah i ha- i had to force myself to try and unlearn things and i had to unlearn things because i wanted to take to another level of these new new style all this new style shit yeah and all this new style shit uh relies on you being really really insanely good at the basic shit so you have to go back to the basic shit and revisit it all and you look and you forget a lot of the basic stuff too how long how, how long did you practice for a day uh and waves bro you know yeah. it's like i could spend like two three Four hours, at one point, it was like four hours a day just practicing scratching. Would you lose track of time? Yeah, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you produce music too, bro. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's the same as that. It's like yeah. you go into that time vortex and fuck, it's like five hours gone by. I forget to eat and shit, which is yeah, like Yeah, I worst. do the same, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like creatively you get into this bubble where the, you're in this, like the zone, I guess, but you're in this area where it's like, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. I, you're I'm, so you're so isolated from the rest of the world because you're so uh, yeah immersed. It's in, almost in like it. another dimension in a way. You know, yeah, like you, yeah, go yeah, in, you go into this thing where it's like time time is irrelevant. Yeah, and it's like typical physics become irrelevant. In, 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 <laughs> yeah, in it's a good way of putting it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. You, you you change the time continuum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when did you um when did you st- start getting your gigs? Uh, uh, like all of us, bro. Like you know, the first like just DJing gigs was was friends' parties and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, To the point that some of my friends at the time that I was hanging out with at the time, they'd be like, "Don't bring your turntables," you know. Like, just come hang out with us. But the thing is, like, you just want to get better, and you want to yeah, like, you want to get better at what your your craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just want to you just want to be on it all the time. Um, and I think my friends that I was hanging with at the time, they didn't quite get that. Um, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know. Did I, you ever Did you ever want to become a rapper? Seems like everyone did, wa- everyone wants to be a rapper. Dude, I mean, days. I fucking tried. Um, now I'm still trying. But funny enough, like it's funny because um, I sent Kevin Posey, who you oh yeah yeah yeah, he's cool um, man. I sent him like he had the bro chosen uh, from the states um, write me a write me a verse. Yeah, because it's like, bro, I I know I'm not good at writing. Um, so I just got someone to write me the verse, and then I I made some tweaks to it just to make it more mime yep. um, and then rewrote a couple of bits and tried it. I'm not good on a mic, bro. You know, Is it just you not liking how you sound on a mic? Or nah, you actually not nah, good nah, on nah. A mic? It's, it's definitely like it's not, it's not him. 
<laughs> but like you know how like you produce others. Would yeah. you need someone producing? I you? need someone to produce like, me. like yeah. a Dr. Dre. But I'm, I mean, I'm I'm because I'm because I know you're tight with the um, PhD boys, like yeah. Neiman, um, Ryan, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you did a verse and they were like overlooking, like looking over your shoulder, yeah, I mean, I'm I'll sure go, they'd give you some tips. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen at some stage. I'm yeah. I'm definitely want to put something out. Um, and I just I'm just gonna do the random drop too. I'm just gonna drop that shit. Oh, okay. And just be like, yeah. Maybe do a like shitty video for it. Like, I I want to do it as like not a piss take, but more of like, like hey, like I gave this a crack. Um, yeah, yeah. And and if it comes off cool, it's all good. But would you want to just do 16 bars, or would you do the whole 64? Nah, verse? I think I'll do like 32 or something like that. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, just just trying to find my t- my tone that fits as well. So it's like. You know, understanding whether I go smooth and slower, or it's like trying to find something that fits with me, the, or whatever. The, the beat and stuff. So yeah, I, I, yeah. So you could, um, because when <laughs> I used to rap and produce, like both of them would intertwine in a way. Yeah. Like I'd build the beat around the verse in some instances. So. Yeah, I mean that's the way I do my production anyway. Like generally, I'll I'll give someone like a like an idea, like oh here's like eight bars, or here's like sixteen bars idea and then once they send back the verses um or if they come around the shit i I always prefer them being in the studio because it's like more creative input um yeah but if they come out the studio and and throw down some shit then you know i'll sit there for a while and i'll just arrange around it and pull the drums out here and then maybe add a drum fill here and it like try and make it uh accent them because at the end of the day is like um being i think being a good producer isn't about putting more into it and this is something it took me ages to learn too but it's like it's not about putting more and more into it. It's more about sometimes pulling shit way the fuck out, so that way you can let the rapper shine on certain areas, yeah, and, yeah. or the singer shine on certain areas and stuff. You know, yeah, because if you have too many instruments or too much going on in the beat, it can actually overshadow the yeah. the, the the artist. And in some ways, it's harder to mix because the frequencies can clash as well. Yeah, I mean, there's only one song I've ever heard where there's insane amount of shit in it. And it's by a guy called uh, Anomaly from Canada, and it's this this he's a he's a jazz musician, bro. So it's like he does the keys and shit. Oh, and nice! It's, it's amazing, but it's like there's so much going on in that song, but it's so well mixed, you can hear everything perfectly. And it's like yeah, how how the how they pulled that off? It's like because if you sit and listen to it on monitors, everything has its perfect space, and it, that's what makes it so amazing. And it's like I strive to get so good at mixing one day that I can make something that dope. I think it's the hardest part, man. Like, yeah. there's such, uh, there's a high art to it. I yeah, um, and also it's like I think even mixing, producing, anything. Because this know. is something you got into recently, right? Just yeah. producing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been tinkering with it since forever. Like, I bought an MPC when I was like nineteen, twenty. Oh yeah, nice. Um, and tink- I've tinkered, but I've never like fully like sat down. And like, okay, let's actually make some beats. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, last like two years, I've just been going like, fuck it. Like, I've always wanted to make beats and shit. Um, but now I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm going as hard as I can on this. I'm spending a lot of time trying to learn as much as I can. Do you go on YouTube and look at videos and tutorials Yeah, and stuff? I find YouTube a funny thing though. Because the thing is like, you can waste a lot of fucking time on YouTube. I, I think just picking... <laughs> You're going down the rabbit holes. So yeah, and it's like sometimes some of the advice is really fucking shitty as well. Like... You know? yeah that's that's the problem eh? so and I the think, thing is i reckon with mixing is it something yeah i don't think it's something anyone can fully teach you like there's little techniques and tricks you can learn 
but it's something you learn the more you do it yourself. Yeah, and I think it's like trying to learn the technicality of it yeah. matters. Um, but a lot of it's coming down to ear, maybe referencing. Um, and I've got Bro Jeffries, the homie Bro Jeffries, like he's he's been a saint for me. You know, like he's my master in a way, whereas like I'll, I'll always just pick his brain. And that dude's good. Like he, he knows yeah. what the fuck he's doing. Um, and he he recently, one of the recent projects he did was the 9 to Fivers album. Oh, yeah. And it sounds great, you know. Um, and that's why, you know, I'll, I must be annoying to him at times, like asking him shit that, that like he probably be, did that with someone else though so yeah you know um and i i've recently read the book uh the Tao of Wu, which is riz's book oh yes yes and yes. It's, it's really cool i haven't read it but yeah i've heard of it yeah dude i mean i um i wouldn't i mean i'm not a religious follower at all um i'm not too spiritual in in that sense but it's like reading that book made me like because riz is a very spiritual kind of guy yeah, you know? yeah. but he's also a mathematician so it's like he's He's got this like physicsy side to him, but he's still got this like religiousy sort of side to him. But he's read every he's read the Quran and Buddhist books, and so he's like, I don't think he's religious to one religion. He just takes it. Well, and, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise yeah. you're biased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if it's one of these things too. Like, I got a lot of homies that are that are devout Christians or whatever, and it's yeah. like, you know, I ain't gonna I'm gonna bump on someone's shit because. That's what they believe in. Like that's their personal truth. Yeah, yeah. And all that sort of shit. But Tots. in that RZA book, bro, he he, uh, it's one thing he, that it's gonna stick with me for a long time. Is like, in order to be able to get good at anything, you need to be able to succumb to a master. And he also said in there that for a black American to say that it's a bit weird. Yeah. But with with that whole like uh, martial artsy side of things, it's true. You know, it's like you've got to just just um listen to everything that this person's got to say and some of it you're not going to use yeah some of it you're not going to use but at the end of the day it's like you've just got to realize that this person's put in time and effort and whatever and they've got a particular way that they know works and you know and it's like as teaching turntablism and shit like that as well as like i i have that sort of approach where it's like i got my students and i'll just get them to fucking do the baby scratch a million times in in a whole bunch of different ways but consistently say to them like just trust the process trust the process trust the process like it'll pay off trust me yeah and the ones that listen and go through it are all good you know um and it's the same same martial arts sort of thing and i came i came from doing martial arts as a young young kid as well so it's all like right. i understand that it's like doing that same block a million times bro when it comes to like an actual fight or whatever and you need to fucking jump out of the way and fuck it you as natural reactions wow like yeah you know yeah. you don't even think about it and it's the same with scratching it's like it's it's a or turn it's like a it's like a language so it's like you've got to consistently practice these same things over and over again but then when it starts you come with up with ways how to put them together too and phrase them so it's the same as like my daughter right now it's like she's learning how to put sentences together right you know and yeah. it's like but when it gets to a point where you can speak without even thinking about it, that's the way you got to look at scratching too. So you learn the basics word by word, well, scratch by scratch, how to link certain ones together and how you can make certain ones linked together. But then you get to a point where you can just like, and it's like me saying that I should be able to scratch that the same. Yeah, yeah. In a way. It's like a rapper's flow, like a really good rapper's. Well, you go into autopilot. So yeah. Week. Yeah. It's automatic. Yeah. Yeah. I think I re read somewhere that it, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master a craft. Yeah, I mean, that's... Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> give or take, 
give or take. I think some people learn quicker than others, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Well, that's know, right. Some people pick up on things faster. I'm not a certain person that picks up really, really fast on things. But when I set my mind to something, I can pick it up fastish, you know. So when you're like training these kids, because at, at Mains, is it? Man, yeah, yeah, teach yeah, at yeah. Mains, and I'm doing my own shit at Radio Burger Fuel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen that. Um, that must keep you busy, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it keeps me busy. It keeps me thinking a lot. Um, but they're two because they're two different things, aren't they? Like your training at Mains is different to what you're doing at Radio uh, Burger Fuel Radio. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Because um, is, isn't it what you're doing at Mains? You're just teaching them how to scratch. Whereas with um, Burger Fuel Radio, you're kind of giving them the floor to. Okay, so for a uh, for Mains a is a one year course. So yep. it's electronic music production and DJing. Yeah. Um. So I teach the whole DJing side from the second they walk in the door how to mix two records together, like you know house yep. records and stuff like that. Um. And. The approach to that is that, like, you know, it's a bit different in the sense that they've got to move at a pace. You know, they've got to move at the pace of uh, how long that paper goes for. Oh, or whatever. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you got an assessment coming up. The difference with Radio Burger Fuel um, thing, Cut Class is the thing that I've designed and made, is it has a slightly different approach in the sense that I treat it like a dojo. So, you're like, you come and you train with me. You practice and I'll push you like as fast as you need to go. Because some people, like I said, like some people learn slower. Some people learn much faster, you know. Um, so the idea is that they come and they train. They come and they train. They come and they train. And then every three months I've got a grading session and then they grade up. Oh, true. So it's like martial art gym. Yeah. It? yeah. So it's like a dojo, bro. So it's yep. like you go and you train. And it's like if you're ready to train, then you turn up for grading. And if you do well, then you grade up. Then you're on the ne that next plane, you know. Yeah. And you're like, cool, you're ready for the next thing. And then once they've done that, they're ready for the next thing. And that's the whole approach to it because it's like, I want to try to keep it as fun as possible, but also because um, if it gets too pushy, something like mains, for a lot of people, um, it can get a bit stressful. And it's like, I'm, I, I want to take the stress out of it, keep it a bit more fun. And it's cool because it's like, there's a crowd that come very regularly now and they're almost like a, I wouldn't say family, but they're like, it's like a crew. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. this crew of people that I see Come regularly. Come and support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they just want to get better. And um, yeah, and, and it's taught me, I mean, I think teaching's taught me a lot about uh, how different genders learn. Oh, true. As well. In, what, like, in what sense? In the sense that girls, girls are generally uh, likely to just listen to you. And guys aren't. And guys generally, uh, I've I've seen it mains. I see a little bit of cut class from time to time. There's this. Don't get me wrong. There's dudes that will listen to everything that you've got yeah. to say as well. Um, and it's like listening to anything. You take it with a grain of salt. But there's always some truth in certain things and stuff as well. But whether you like to admit it or not. But the um, but dudes generally, I think there's this like this like oh. Well, I don't need to know that. Um, not so oh, much so a cut people, class. So, I, do, so people come in thinking that they're the shit. Ah, like, oh, bro. <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, some some do, you know, yeah. especially with cut class, it's different because the thing is they're turning up at their own will. Um, with with mains, it can get a bit funny at times because there'll be people that want to learn more production, not right. DJing. 
you know? So is it like when you're teaching like at mains and stuff, <laughs> is it like a whole classroom and they're all scratching and stuff and you're like going uh, and... Mains, um, we actually have to do like lectures. So this is where it's way different than cut class. Cut oh. class, they turn up, I've got eight people at a time and it was like, I just go around and I help one of them at a time and just keep going around. We're there for a couple of hours. Okay. See you later. Like, see you Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where mains is like, you know, it's a structure. It's like school. Yeah, you know? well, I went uh, to SAE, so like... Yeah, so you turn up and, yeah. and we do a lecture. And it's funny because like when I first started teaching, I was like, I've never, I've never, um, fuck, dude, I was, I was a fucking bum at school, bro. Like I was always, I was always at class, but I was usually just like being, being an egg, fucking listening to my music. Yeah. I used to put my fucking earbuds up my, up my sleeve through my jumper and just oh, like true. sit there and listen like this. of like, yeah, Wu-Tang Clan ain't no fuck. Um, but but um at, you know um i was like man how do i turn what i know into theory as soon as you write that shit down bro it's theory yeah yeah you know man and it's like so if i can write it down and present it in a way where um it, it's it's theoretical um then we have a theory class and it was a lot easier than i thought it would be originally um and uh, i started there just teaching the scratching side so um it was sweet and then then i started teaching the whole djing side and yep. that was cool too um the hardest part is is keeping their uh attention and f my fourth year there now and i've noticed year on year their attention spans get shorter yeah i'd imagine that's the case yeah, particularly with social media and everything everything yeah just fast 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 yeah um which which is cool uh keeps me on my toes a lot you know and, so uh, so how do you adapt to that uh, how do you try, try and keep the classes punchier now that I, now i like sort of stop get them to do something practical and then come back in the classroom do you crack jokes um i try to <laughs> um sometimes i'll crack some jokes it was funny one of my students one day like there's another thing too is like if my class i've learned that if some of my students are going to be smart ass little fuckers yeah you know um I'm gonna be a smart, I'm gonna smart ass back. And one of my kids was being a real smart ass all day, and then one day I was like, because I generally get them to put their, and this is weird to think of, but you got to treat them like kids in in some respect, because they'll, yeah, yeah. and I'm a bit the same. It's like if my phone's there, I'm gonna pull that shit out. You know, if something's semi not interesting, I think a lot of people do now, older generation, younger generation. So as they walk in the classroom, I get them to put all their phones on the table. I count the phones. I'm like, all right, fifteen heads in here, fifteen phones. All right, let's go. And I make it fair. I put my phone on the table too. Oh, nice. You know, um, but one of them was being smart. He's like, oh, I'm waiting for a call. I'm like, who's the call from? Oh, I was just waiting for an important call. And he was being a real smart ass all day already. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I, I said to him, I was like, I was like, that's cool, bro. Just put it on the thing and you'll hear it go across the desk, just like your mum's top drawer. <laughs> and the whole classroom was like, oh, but you know, for me, I was like, if you want, if, you're going to be a cheeky. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll I'm, give it back to you. I'm going to give it back to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, some, of, some of the students um, are all good. So I'm all good with them and they're all good with me. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I always try to te te treat my students with respect as well. It's like I try to teach them like, well, try to treat them like they're bros in a way. Um, but, you know, sometimes if they want to act like kids, bro, you got to treat them like kids. And they're not, they're adults. Yeah, yeah. You know, but... Sometimes it's real easy to get so in your own world, though, that you you don't even know that you're being an asshole, like, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. You need, to, like... you need to be kept in check <coughs> or someone to check you. Yeah, hard. 
Um, any sometimes I might need to be checked. So you know, if so, if someone's gonna turn around to me and be like, Elton, you're being a fucking dick. I'll be like, oh shit. I'm like, oh okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but how did that even happen anyway? How did the whole mains thing happen? Okay, so um, so Alan, I was telling you about before my foreman. Yeah, yeah. His wife, uh, Kathy, she was working at mains um, while I was still panel weeding. Yeah. And uh, she uh, she knew that I was fully into this DJ, fully getting into this DJing thing full on. Um, because it was after Red Bull three style. And yeah, all that yeah, shit which you happened. killed. Yeah. But then when that um, she was working at Mains as as one of the admin team and. Uh, they needed someone t- to cover the night classes. Yeah. So she put my name forward, and I was. They gave me the the job. So then it became like sixteen hour days. Like it was. I was like, yeah, well, this is cool. Yeah. Um, working working those nights up there, and then uh, when I decided to finally hand in my notice and quit my job, um, the, it, it, it's weird. Like close the door, door opens. Yeah. Sort of universe, sort of shit. Um, but yeah. I, Close the door on the job, and then um, the bro CXL was leaving. So I was oh, like, yes. so he's just rang me. He's like, he's like, yo, dude, do you want to take my spot at Mains? I'm like, yeah, sweet, cool. So it was cool because then I had some like actual money coming in. Well, that's the me. hard thing with music. It's very, very difficult to make a living out of it. Yeah, um, like it's probably easier on the DJing side as opposed to like say the rapper side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- I mean, definitely because I mean, for me, in a way, no because <laughs> because i i i've i've made a promise to myself to not do every friday saturday night um and i've made a promise to myself not to play music i don't like oh at clubs and stuff yeah 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 so it's like i've i've definitely uh stuck to that in a way so you've always done that or yeah i mean it's back in the days when i was first starting djing i was i was trying to like do the top 40 stuff and i had like a residency every thursday night and stuff and so under got, no circumstance you'll do a Friday or Saturday. No, I will do a Friday Saturday. Yeah, yeah I'll, like I'll DJ. I'm DJ next Friday. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I'll DJ Friday and Saturdays, but I just didn't want it to be every Friday and Saturday. Oh right, because okay. if you want to play top forty clubs, you have to be that guy yeah, that's yeah, there yeah, every yeah. Friday and Saturday yeah, yeah. night. Um, and also a lot of the music I don't really like, you know. So are it's you like, are you a fan of mumble rap and drill and stuff? Because I it, I hate it. Some of it. <laughs> some, you know. Um, I'm not gonna hate on it because end of the day bro we had some fucking arrogant shit as well you know it's like oh yeah totally i mean yeah but it's um you're a better person than i am but like i don't know i think some of it's just like because even some of our arrogant bullshit was skillful yeah yeah but i mean in 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 hindsight like well not in hindsight like just in and thought of it though also like with that mumbley type of stuff that i don't necessarily like some of those guys making their own beats and doing their own engineering. So I guess they've got skills in how to use auto-tune to make it sound Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, adaptable. there's an art in terms of mixing and the production and all that. Even yeah, if, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm big into lyrics. Like, so, yeah. like, if, if, I'm big if, into just fl- like flow. Just don't flow. Yeah, that, that counts. And yeah. I think like having good diction like makes the flow fit really nice yeah. and, and being able to make flows sound really cool. You know, and it's like, and there's no there's no you know it's like there's no syllable hitting and it's like if they're making music like that the syllables don't hit but that's just my ear that's what i prefer so you know when you've worked with like these dudes for your current like album yeah um uh like diggy doop and unchained and 
Kevin Posey and stuff. Yeah. Do they send you a verse and you might go back and be like, well, first of all, are they in the studio with you when they do a lot of this? Some. Stuff? Some um, are, but then, so, but then like, do you be like, oh, can you change it this way or do it this way or... Or do you just nah. largely let them do what? Largely do? let them do what they do. Um, most, I mean, they're not unseasoned. These guys. Oh yeah, I you mean, Unchained I mean? when he came in here, he absolutely killed. Yeah, like, these guys are like not unseasoned. Like they, these guys know what they're doing, and yeah, I yeah. trust their trust their judgment. If it was a young kid who I liked his voice and whatever, then you know I'd go in on him. You know, um, I think the only one was Clues. I like asked him to do a couple things differently. Yep. Um, and and that wasn't that wasn't against his artistry. It was just more like for what I could hear on it. Um, but the others came with something, and I was like, oh, that that works. Because I've done that sometimes when I've had like a rapper in, and I'm doing like some you know production or I'm producing them. Yeah. And I might be like, oh, change maybe change that word and use this word instead. Yeah. To make it sound <laughs> or flow better. Or try saying it this way. And then usually they're like, yo, that sounds way better. Yeah, well, there was a couple of sessions we had at um, at Bo, at Sweet Spot Audio with Bo Jeffries. There's a couple yep. of sessions we had with him um, where he became the co-producer recording the artists for, oh, my, okay. for my shit. And it was yep. like, you know, and I was glad that for these particular artists, I took them through to Bo because that really worked for right. what we needed to do. And it's another thing too, bro, is like, I'm still learning a lot. Um, and watching Bo uh, produce these guys um, while making my shit was like, oh, okay, that, like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to because I'm more, more like, I guess, like a beat maker, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not seasoned enough yet to really be like a full on producer. But what makes you just like, why, why did you pick with these, these guys specifically um, to be on your album? Like, why Unchained? Why Kevin? Yeah, okay, well, Diggy, because uh, this beat I sent for Diggy, the one that came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Money and uh, Money Monday. Out, if you haven't heard it, everyone go check it out. It's on all digital formats, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Hood. and Yeah, if you like Hood, then And I was like, like hey, I, want, I wanted Diggy to go on this beat. Um, yeah. So I, I sent it to him. I was like, yo, are you keen on this? And he's like, yep, sweet as. I'll see you Wednesday. He literally came in the studio and just laid that shit out. And it was like, he, one he had practiced it. Yeah, he had practiced that, bro. Like, yeah. you could tell he came in. He was in the studio. He was ready. And it's like, to me, I'm like, yo, that's cool. Because that to me is like. That's what guy, you'd want. He takes his shit seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Um, and then, uh, who else? Is second song. Oh, the first song. So the, fir the first song on the EP is featuring Guilty Simpson and Kenny Slade. Yeah. Um, it was a beat I made and I was sitting on for ages and I was like. Um, I actually sent it to Dirty originally, but I always had Guilty Simpson in the back of my mind. Yeah. But I sent it to Dirty um, and I didn't hear back from him whether he just didn't check his Instagram or whatever. Um, that's fine. That's all good. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was always like, this is Gil This is fucking got Guilty Simpson written all over it. Um, luckily enough, when Guilty Simpson was here in New Zealand touring, I was his DJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, we sort of stayed in touch and then I just sent it to him one day I was sitting there and it was actually took Bo Bo was like talking to me because I self-doubt myself a lot like, I think that's what all creative people do yeah and I think Kiwis were, were some of the worst at it too oh yeah man yeah um, yeah but he uh, Bo said to me like the night before and he's like bro some of your beats are actually really good I was like okay cool and it took him to say that for me to be like 
fuck it, I'm, I'm going to send this to Guilty how I originally intended, you know? Yeah. Sent it to him and like he hit me back straight. He was like, yo, this beat's dope, bro. Cool. I'm working on another thing with another producer at the moment, but I can put a 16 on it for you. I'm like, yep, let's go. So by the end of the week, I had the 16. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And again, he, this is a pro, bro. You know, he he doesn't mess around. He just fucking does shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it was hard. And I was like, cool. All right. Now I got 16 from Guilty. Who am I going to hit? And then I had a couple of dudes of mine and one of them was Kenny. And then Kenny like, he had the beat the, he had the verse. Kenny's a professional man yeah he's had the, he had the verse sent back to me like the next day I was like <laughs> like these are the sort of people I want to surround myself with you know yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, and it's taken me a long time to really learn that um, and that came together pretty quick and so I arranged that and that's more or less mastered at the moment uh, so the second one is the Diggy third song is Go On And Cry Edgar and Kenny Sled so me and Kenny actually did that a long time ago and then we got Edgar on it and sort of been sitting there for ages waiting for me to get these other things sort of ready and sorted. Yeah. That one comes out on November 11th. And um, those guys, because I was working with Kenny at the time um, trying to throw things together and stuff. I did two songs for his uh, EP, his old EP, Kenny Slade EP, Slade, the Slade EP it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> two songs on that. Um, we recorded that all at my place. Um, and he did it not long after that and after he did two verses for it i was like it's like okay this is a really storyteller type thing so i was like the bro edgar man from nine to five is a storyteller type of guy and i was like and i like i like uh conflicting things like things that like you wouldn't necessarily put kenny i would never really put kenny and edgar on the same song but yeah. this song i was like i heard edgar all over i was like all right okay. cool yeah and it worked and it sounds great. I'm like, cool. Mean, I'm glad I put that together. And then fourth song is Mo Styles. So that is um, more or less a rock song. And all it was was like a drum loop. And I had like this Facebook group. I'd, I was putting up some of my like earliest shitty beats on um, just with close friends so they could give me feedback and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And Filetti came out to the studio one day and he's like, oh, I wrote something to that. And all it was at the time was basically a drum loop. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay it's like a drum loop with this guitar like bam bam and i was like oh okay now i actually like this is this is saved from Ninja mystic and nine to fivers it's like okay i need to i need to make this into a thing yeah yeah and it became a thing after a lot of work and i got a good bass guitarist and all that stuff on it yep so that's how that one came together fifth song wow one two five four Five. How 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 big is the EP? Is it seven? Seven, seven yeah. Seven songs. It's the fifth song. Is it with Un Unchained or Kevin? Ah, oh, let it go. So it's got Unchained XL, Kevin Posey. Uh, Have they been performing that already? No. Okay. No. I think I saw an Unchained story or maybe Kevin's. They were performing some song together. Oh, they they perform quite a bit together. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're boys. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Unchained XL, Kevin Posey. Sabe, Heath Hucker Boogie, and Sabe's daughter, yep. Jeremiah. Oh, true. Yeah, and, and that one came together because uh, Sabe, 9 to 5 is Nisha Mystic, he, he uh, put down the the hook, the idea, and then I sat on it for ages. And then when I was like, okay, I really need to start finishing this fucking music, I revisited it, and I was like, Kevin was at the studio. I was like, I was like, bro, do you like this? And yeah, cool, sweet. 
he, he like he did what he does he got up and freestyled like four times oh then, yeah because he that's what he did when he came on here he just freestyled <laughs> like he actually did two versions of the freestyle that you hear yeah and both times they were different like he made that up on the spot like, yeah some people don't know that but yeah he's crazy crazy dude, freestyler dude and it's like he set up freestyle and he's like oh i almost got it almost got it take again all right and it's like he'll change a few words and stuff here and there and then oh, just one more time and then he'll yeah. split something completely different i'm like okay but the story was still similar yeah, <laughs> it was just yeah. like, like, what? like what's he doing he's such a talented dude but man. as soon as he got that takeaway he's like, he's like that's it <laughs> it's like yo it's like, that's it <laughs> yeah um and and that's how that one came together and it's like he i got him to hit up unchained because um i i met unchained at radio burger fuel but it's like i was like i just figured at that time i was like oh i'll go through kevin because those two boys yeah, yeah yeah get him to ask and then you know and then i'll ask so that way it's like i guess a little bit of peer pressure but but also yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. it's like he's his boy so it just makes sense for him to ask through that avenue he's first. a cool guy though and yeah unchained came through straight away bro um and I've, I've been an unchained uh fan for a minute so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he's 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 been around for ages wait in my bars part four too bro yeah <laughs> like wow bro anyway um but yeah just as his vocal delivery everything a little aggressive but not really aggressive but just right um but yeah unchained and then um i figured uh oh, i actually was talking to heath and i was like bro i got this track that i reckon you'd be good on and felity uh Sabe was on it as well and those two boys so i was like makes sense they have both of them on both dudes from nine to fivers he came real correct and then when we went to record the uh vocals again um and this is where i've learned to like just trust people's judgment a lot too because uh say brought his daughter along and they had this other hook idea and he's like oh you could probably make that into a bridge or something instead i don't know just do what you want with it and i was like <laughs> i was like at the time when he brought his daughter to the studio i was a bit like okay interesting you know like but i trust his judgment and he's been doing music for a long time and knows what he's doing like cool and then it wasn't until like i started arranging i was like the, the dude's a genius like he he had this idea and it just worked um and so i did quite a bit of rearrangement for it and oh yeah now that's done um and then there's pray for better days <coughs> which is the bro um uh gino october just recently signed to universal music yeah um so i had to get clearance from universal music for that that's just is it how long does that take to get clearance it didn't take too long because um because the thing is we've recorded it a long time before he got signed to universal right. so universal was like yeah cool yeah and that made it easy. okay and i had to go through his management and and but when you say not long how long are we still talking like a month something like that yeah yeah okay but that's actually to be honest it probably would have been a lot quicker had i just been real pushy but uh, i was like but, but you're not you're just like no nah. i was like yeah i'll just take my time yeah um and the bro close so those two dudes are part of the family little village which is like with bo jeffries and he, he like mentors these younger dudes yep. so little village is the is the crew um i'm sort of i'm part of that sort of collective um and then uh and when Gino spat his verse when we did the demo take at my studio, he um he he sung it and and I know Gino can sing, but I was like, nah, this needs something a bit 
different. And I was like, cool. Thought about it for a while. And then we sat on the beat for about three months before I was like, uh, got in touch with Amiga Levine. Yep. Who's, he was originally in Parachute Bam. He's yep, taught yep. the world. His dude's, his vocals are amazing, bro. Yeah, he's dope. Um, and I hit him. He came through the studio, laid down the vocals like better than what I was expecting. Um, not that I wasn't expecting great things, or I was, but I was just like, it's not till you hear it recorded that you're like, oh shit, okay. And that that song sort of come off. Um, that's done. Um, and then the, the last song on the EP uh, is the last song for the reason that I, it's going to be a slow burner. Um, and I believe it is because it's just really nice. Uh, and it's got Kevin Posey on it. And well, I'm keen to hear it if he's on it, man. Like, yeah, I, I played the beat to him. And again, like he, he actually sat down and like wrote. Um, he was going through some shit at the time. And it's like he came through really nice on that, just talking about what he's going through at that sort of point in time. Um, and then I sent it home with him and then like probably like two or three hours later, so it wasn't long, he sent back the chorus and he had harmonized because he sings as well. So he's like yeah. harmonized. Like he's, and, he's multi-talented, man. Bro, like he can do like He sent it everything. back. I was like, yo, okay, cool. I need to do some arrangements of this. But the beat was that cool that I felt it as though just leaving it as it was was what it needed. Yeah. It, it was very stripped back, but. Because sometimes you can go overboard. Oh, hard. And you don't even realize you're going overboard and then you go back and... And I didn't add anything to away, it. I just back. pulled things away. Yeah. And, and tune the drums to sound a little nicer and stuff like that, but I didn't add any more to it. I more like pulled things away and just made things sound a little bit tidier and that song's probably one of my favorite off the EP. It's not going to be a single, but it's definitely like... the It's definitely the last song of the thing that sort of ties up everything. Yeah. And it's dope. And it's like when I did the production, I like, I like to tap shit out too. Um, and the production on that track nothing's been quantized everything sits like if you if you open the project nothing sits on a grid the whole song oh true is but, it 4-4 four, four, though yeah yeah but nothing sits on a on a grid line yeah. and i like that because it's like it's like well this is really organically sounding and feeling and, yeah. and to me i was like i was like that that's exactly what the song needs it's very organic sound what kevin's rapping about is very organic the chorus mm. is about like needing a friend because it's like sometimes you're in the world alone. Like the whole thing is very organic, and it's like. So when when does it drop? Ah, uh, twentieth November okay. on my birthday. Woo! Bro, my birthday's on the 29th. The oh, right, uh, my man, November babies, bro. Yeah, bro, Sagittarius. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I did that. So on how, purpose how come phd aren't on it because those guys are your boys <coughs> got two songs that um we've started sort of recording um i guess at the time it was just about getting these songs finished um there's one song that uh they started ages ago but they've been they, those dudes are busy bro like oh yeah bro i mean ryan man ryan, <laughs> ryan alone is a beast I, like, don't, yeah. I don't know anyone who works that hard and has three kids to look after dude like Oh, and yeah. shout out, shout out to his wife as well, bro. It's like she must put up with a lot of <laughs> dealing with the kids and stuff while he's doing his shit. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 something else, man. I mean, I had a really good chat with him when he was on here. I actually have never met a name. Like, oh really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't met him. I am actually um, hoping sometime maybe in the new year I'll get both of them on because I've got a a third mic now so I can oh get, yo yeah, yeah definitely get those dudes on bro yeah yeah but like um, I'll come and sit in the background and just like pull fingers at them <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, all good. Uh, so how did you actually link up with those dudes in the first place? Oh, man, this, it goes a long way back. Um, we sort of knew each other a bit through, uh, and shout out to Prestige um, and the Recommended Dosage family. Uh, they used to put on these nights called Da Eclipse. Yep. And it was just a bunch of hungry people that wanted to be MCs and shit. They'll turn up. And I was a DJ for a group at the time called DRS. Yeah. The tightest and the best with the lyrical caress that'll lay you down to rest. Um, shout out to Sal and Danny and Renee. Um, oh, yeah, Mannix. Mannix. You, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, yeah, well, because I, I used to rap with those guys. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they're my boys, bro. We're still, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I like DJed for them for a while. Like you turn up like with a CD, and then someone would play the CD, or you'd play the CD off a CD player on stage, and then I'd just do the scratches because it's pretty serato. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so we'd do that, and um, PhDs used to always just kill that shit every time. They're amazing live, bro. And it was like for years afterwards, like I'd always say to people, like, "You got to see PhD live." You know, it's like, and I was never really associated with them, um, and um. And as the years went on, it's like some everyone would be talking about because there's one thing I've always hated about New not hated, always disliked disliked about a lot of New Zealand hip hop acts like big acts too. It's like their live shows have always been a bit yeah. Even some of the I biggest agree. guys, Scribe, Scribe's something else. Like don't like, but a lot of them sort of just walk back and forth on walk stage. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Don't interact with their DJ. Don't yeah. don't bring freshness or or don't bring a real hip hop. Because to me, hip hop's supposed to, supposed to be a very live thing. Yeah. Um, well, they're not high in energy, I find. Nah, but it's like their songs. There's certain rappers where their songs aren't high in energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can but still you can still you can still have a live presence. But and I think I think it's one of these things where it's like they don't they don't see it as a. Um, I don't know. Don't I could be wrong, but I just feel as though some of them don't see live as like a really important thing, like. And some of them are great on record. Like having having studio, being able to uh, be able to perform in a studio is a art form. Oh yeah, there's some Definitely. people. There's some artists I know who are great live, and then you get them in a studio, and it's hard work. Yeah, you know, and and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you can lock down both well, then sweet. But I think when people see live, they should be able to leave and be like, yo, I want to see that motherfucker like tomorrow. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, PhD always had that for me. I was like, the way that they bounced back and forth and they knew each other's words and it's like one would run out of breath to everyone would catch it and then they'd go, like, it was always great. Um, And then... Well rehearsed. Yeah, and I saw them at the Big Daddy Kane show and I just like approached Ryan. I was like, I was like yo, dude, if you ever need a DJ, just hit me up. Um, And... How long ago was that? That was in like, Early 2000s, was it? Nah, 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 nah. 2013 or 14, I think. Wasn't, it wasn't too long ago. But anyway. Because I see you guys, like, on Facebook feeds, I see you guys around. I mean, you've been a guest on his podcast as well. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures of you, like, DJing with them and, and stuff. Yeah, so. and it's like, it's cool because they understand, and I've DJed for other rappers before and um, always felt as though some rappers don't want you to... Uh, showcase your skills because it sort of pulls away makes from them, them look. Um, it takes the the um, shine the shine away from them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like for me, it's like nah, it's not about that. It's about me like bringing something to what you're doing. 
bringing yeah, totally. my skills in order to make your show a live show instead of me just playing your beats. So you when know? you're when you're doing this stuff with PhD, do you like sit down with them and you go through? Yeah, we've got when, like when we'll move from like them to showcase you and vice versa. Yeah, so it's like, and that's cool. They've given me like this this pocket of like I can do like a routine, blah blah blah, blah, blah go crazy and oh sweet, and then we go back into doing PhD songs. But there's also like sections where I'm dropping beats and behind them rapping live. Um, some of the, there's one song where we, um, it's like, kind of, uh, clean it up. It's like 120 ish BPMs. And it's like, first thing I thought was like, fuck it. Let's, let's drop in some old school bricks underneath yeah. Ryan's verse at this section, because it'll pull away from what, from, pull away from the, the original beat for a while, keep the liveness of it, you know? And it's like, when there's the liveness of it, it sort of, you know, I'm like, bah, 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 boom, and it's like, and he's still rapping. Bah, 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 it's like we're bringing a live essence to this song that necessarily was just a beat and him rapping on it so now there's like a live aspect to that and then we've got like another part where we do um like 90s breakdown so it's like all these 90s hip-hop beats but they're talking about um it's actually from one of their songs but they're talking about their love of hip-hop and it's Mm. like then we're going through like a whole you know it's like and that can only be done live if the dj's there in the particular way that we do it so it's like yeah you know, um, a lot of DJs now they they forget that, you know, hip hop. Do you hip hop DJ do something like? Do you do you get annoyed with the DJs that don't actually do anything though? Because you're an actual DJ, right? There are some DJs uh, that just they're like this. They don't they don't yeah, have the I coaching mean, skills or anything. What? Apparently, just sent as a DJ. Well, I mean, what's D like? What is DJ DJing? And 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 it's such a broad term. I guess it's like if you've got. It is, you could but, be a wedding DJ. You could be a fucking really good wedding DJ. Yeah, that's that's true. You could be a really good uh, trance DJ. You know, it's like, and the trance DJ shit, they're supposed to blend for these big, long blends, and it doesn't seem amazing, but some of that's just really fucking, like, what they're doing with the EQs and all that sort of stuff. Some of it's actually really amazing when you get to the technicality side of it. But then you got hip-hop DJing. Hip-hop DJing is supposed to be, and to me, in my eyes, is supposed to be this live, like, I'm... I'm flipping some shit for you right now, whether it be whether it be doing like an actual juggle or scratching or whether it be if you're in a club sense of it, a, a proper hip-hop DJ is supposed to have clever transitions, not just... Yeah, well, there's some DJs, blends. there's some hip-hop DJs like when I've gone to a club or something and they don't really do anything. It, the, the, the thing I'll hear is just a... And then that's yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and it's like Red Bull 3 Style is a really good... Um, uh, catalyst of what hip hop DJing to me is supposed to be. It's well, let's to be. transition into that because obviously you entered that and yeah. you killed it. Like, yeah, I mean, at the time, three style was a very new thing too. Um, and when I went to the world finals, fuck, I had no idea what I was getting myself. Because where was the world finals? Was it Chicago? Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Chicago is amazing. I love that place. Yeah, yeah. Like when we came back, I was actually me and my missus were talking, like, and I was like. I was actually sending her um, adverts for apartments. Oh, in Chicago? Yeah, I was like, we could. We, we, we totally could. So why, so why didn't you? Um, I don't know. At, at the end of it, I guess. Because how long ago know. was this? 2012. So six, seven years ago. Because isn't it, isn't it difficult to get into America after the age of 30? I think it is. 
isn't it? Oh, is it? I, I, I know. Apparently, I didn't look. I didn't look <laughs> to the point of like trying to get green cards or anything. I yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, I was just like, oh, it could be cool. It could yeah. be cool. Yeah. Um, I think at the time, like, I had a lot of things tying me down here. Like, I had like a job I was pretty heavy in. Um, we had our house and shit. So it was like, oh, do you own a house in Auckland? Yeah, and oh, um, bro, Henderson. gold star for you, bro. If you own a house, oh, in we, Auckland, we bought that. I mean, we sold it recently, but we we bought that i was only we just, i just turned 21 when we oh so you got it. it before the before the housing market oh, was oh stupid. yeah yeah we we you were live lucky in QMU, right i live in cumu now yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i got i got mad love for you because you're from west auckland and i'm from west auckland so, so yeah yeah i grew up in avondale bro so it's like back when avondale was classes with west auckland it's not now it's, yeah people who move to avondale now they're like i live in central auckland it's yeah like, well i still view it as west auckland really it's like it's the gateway i guess yeah, yeah. What have you having there? I do find every time I go to West Auckland, like because I've I left Auckland four years ago, I think. Yeah. And there's some parts of it that seriously I go through, and I feel like I've gone through a time warp because it looks exactly the same. Like it hasn't changed at all. And then there's other places like, uh, you know, Westgate, Tet North. Yeah. Um, they've changed dramatically. Bro, it's crazy because we've been in Kumu for four, going on five years, and like when we first moved out there like it would you'd walk out at nighttime, right that shit would be pitch black outside you could see all them fucking stars bro you could see all of them yeah and it was amazing and then it's like they built that northwest mall yeah yeah it's yeah. like as soon as well, they haven't went finished up, that yet nah they're still adding to and it and that's where the costco is gonna go they built that you could see the light pollution coming yeah and then as soon as they built all those houses in that area bro boom i can't see the stars anymore that's trippy, bro. And, and it was like we still live in like the rural section section area of it. It won't be rural for much longer. I don't know because well, we're we're in we're in an area where there's still vineyards and stuff. So oh, it's like okay. it'll, it'll right, take yeah. a little while before yeah, yeah, they yeah. start to slap a lot of houses in there. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of development out there, and it's like those lights swallow up that nighttime sky, bro. Yeah, there's an observatory here in Hamilton, and I went to one of the opening nights, and uh, the guy who was taking the the lecture i guess you could say he was talking about light pollution and how it affects seeing the stars and and stuff because it's actually yeah. something we take for granted here in like new zealand and like places like australia and stuff like when i went to india you, you can't see shit bro <laughs> it's just smog like all the time yeah i really want to go somewhere like there one day i know my missus isn't keen on um she she's not too keen on like going somewhere where it's too like dirtyish i guess she she likes to like go somewhere like the islands where it's like yeah yeah just to chill out i was i was quite lucky because my partner's indian okay yeah. so like i got to stay with family and stuff Mm. but with that being said she has family that are i guess you could say poor and family that are yeah wealthy so like i got to see like both both extremes yeah because it's it's real extreme there too right yeah bro you land you land in india you look to the side in the plane and there's just slums for miles bro miles yeah. it's crazy you can't actually ignore it like you, you can't go anywhere and you just see it everywhere and yeah like poor kids and they're like skinny skinny but then like around the corner it, there's like a mansion yeah that's like, why i get a bit pissed off when like I, I when i came back here and then you know they're talking about like poverty and there'd be a big fat dude you know like sitting on the street and stuff and i'm like yo man <laughs> like yeah there, it's just it's it's crazy it's like on i a guess whole, whole other level it's like um you only understand the struggle you understand. So it's like, so if people here- You only know what you like, know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, for them, that's a struggle, you know, and poverty here, for people here, that that's 
that I guess for for their situation, not understanding the other situation, they never lived in it. That's what they know and understand. So it's like, you know, it's the same as um. Uh, man, if I think of it like this, like if you're hungry, you're starving. You're like, man, I'm so hungry. You're gonna complain to your mate, but man, I'm so hungry, and you're gonna go get a f- feed for ten feed. bucks or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while you're that hungry, you're not like, oh, so much more people have it much worse. Like I think of it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, so the, it's, you have to check yourself, and it's it's hard to remind yourself of that because you just get so caught up in yeah. life. And then if if you're around people. Like you're a product of your environment. Yeah. Anonymous said this on the podcast. You're a product of your environment. So if you're around people like that, then you kind of absorb it. Yeah. Oh, hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Def- most definitely. And I think like, because traveling, traveling is like the uh, what would it be the the answer to arrogance. Like, oh so yeah, seeing man. something like that makes your uh, your eyes open. And it, bro, it was going. My wife and I both got married in Samoa, and. When we went there and we saw these kids that have nothing, they're happiest kids I've ever seen, bro. Yeah. And and they've got not much, like they've got their family. And that's the one thing I've always been a bit envious of um uh Polynesian multi and multi culture is that family is so yeah so so important. And it is for like a lot of Eastern Europeans and stuff like that well, as well. Even like because I've noticed that with even with my partner being Indian, like yeah. if they have a really tight knit family unit, you don't yeah. really get that with Europeans. No, no. Like, like my dad was like, "What? Oh, you're 24. Get the hell out of the house. Go be independent." You know? Yeah, you know, and, and you don't. It's not often like we all get together as like a family and stuff. It's pretty much only on like Christmas. Yeah, and some I mean, of my extended family I have nothing to do with. So, but yeah, and it's like white families always have the 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 most stupid problems too. Like my family's problems are fucking ridiculous, and it's like a lot of it, like especially my mum's side of the family, bro. And if they're watching this, like you guys are all fucked. But um, but like it's one of these things where it's like they all hate each other for the shit that went on in their childhood and they can't get over the fact oh, that they're, they're still go. family man like you guys are supposed to have each other's backs and stuff like that and you know it's something that I try and hold with with my brother and stuff and I get in arguments with my brother over some weird shit every now and again it's funny because like my brother's got a heart of gold but he's so different than me like and I can't believe we grew up in the same household like dude drives like a hundred thousand dollar BMW and like oh damn he likes to let you know he drives it you know oh, what i mean like, right right and and it's it like, fit in well in america then because yeah know, like i think because new zealanders or kiwis like we, we're a bit more modest and there's that tall poppy syndrome thing as well yeah we have here you know dude and that's like it's one thing that going to chicago in 2012 and then i went again with uh burger fuel um uh, in 2017 um to Indianapolis and it's like just and I spent some time in LA as well first time we went there and it's like their culture from LA to Indianapolis to to Chicago is like way different part is way way yeah yeah um but the one thing I took away from it was like those guys work bro yeah they work and it's like you know we've got this thing overseas where we're like oh you see the fat American you're like oh lazy fuckers but it's like uh uh-uh like those dudes know how to work and the thing is like they're they're like crabs in a bucket over there, bro. Like they're trying to just work their way through the day. Our Uber drivers were like um, nurses and shit. They had full-time jobs. Worked like but two jobs. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard like the pay, like oh, Kevin Posey was on here and he said that like 67% of, I think it was 67% of Americans don't have savings. They literally live pay week to pay week and most of them have like two jobs. Yeah. I like mean, and what we see, the media is... 
like it's focused on the like top one percent you know the oh, hollywood side hot, hot. you know and that's not the realistic and the thing is they don't complain um, about working either they just they just work well like, it's, it's a cultural thing right yeah like i think we're a bit complacent here and then we get pissed off when like immigrants come here like indians and chinese and stuff and they start like and they're prepared to work harder than us because yeah they grow up in an environment where like no benefit or anything so it's like you don't work you die yeah yeah hard. and then we get angry because they're like oh no they're taking our jobs but it's like yo man yeah i mean uh, uh, taking our jobs is like i reckon that's a lame ass excuse like get, <laughs> oh, yeah, out, get your hands out and fucking do some work bro um also have some confidence like that's a very kiwi thing like oh i'm not sure if i'm good enough for that um and yeah self-doubt yeah. i mean I, I have it and not wanting not wanting to be like the confident guy in the room but it's like well you don't after, want to be kanye like i think that's a bit extreme but like yeah but it's like it's funny because it's like here for years like a lot of people here um and and you still see it um standing out and being the confident guy in the room you're worried about being the cocky guy in the room but there's a there's a there's a balance there's a a fine line that you've got to walk of not being cocky but it's like if you're confident and can back it up then just go hard and be confident but you know i find myself saying that to myself all the time and then still and then still like it's so driven into us here that's like oh don't you know don't want to stand out you don't want to be and it's like at some point you just gotta be like fuck it yeah totally but you probably don't want to get to the point where you're like confident but you're starting to be condescending to other people because yeah they, they're not on the level that you are on you know yeah i mean yeah there's that there's that too but the thing is like i think that's where um if you're confident and and you take the time to help people up a little bit here and there yeah know, totally that that's where you show your humi- humility you know you're trying to help out people and trying to do other things for what i guess whatever you stand for so it's yeah. like this is where it comes from the cut class thing at radio burger fuel for me is like there's a lot of DJs that were complaining about like these new DJs that aren't very good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck it. What, like, what am I going to do about it? You can't do shit. Nah. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have this place where they can come and they can train and I can show them some dope, cool shit. And then it's it's up to them whether to go out and utilize it, you know? Yeah. But it's like instead of complaining about it, let's do something about it. And sometimes we hate on people that are more successful than us, right? That's such a Kiwi thing too, bro. It's <laughs> yeah. like, whereas like some, like, um, Hey, last time I went to the States, I was hanging out with a dude, Nico Flores. Shout out to Nico. Um, he was a young, he's a young dude who's he's a badass DJ, bro. And when I was there, he's like, he's like, oh, yo. Like, he was introducing me to his friends as like this national champion and this, that, and everything. I was like, oh, bro, that was ages ago. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no, no. Like, and then he was talking about the cutting class, cut, cut, uh, cutting room video I did for DJ City. Um, and, uh, and like, dude, my skill level was so shitty then. But this kid in Indianapolis knew who I was based off these things I'd done all the way over in this end of the world. So when I got there, he was like happy to meet me and introduced me to his friends as this guy and this other guy. And he was on this. And was, I, was, I was like, oh, bro, like, don't tell them about that. It's like, man, I wasn't very good then. He's like, dude, you, you're good. And I'm just like, like, you know, it took me to realize that even though I don't think I was good enough in his eyes but in his eyes i was i've made it in some way shape or form yeah not made it but like i've done something i was like and that's the thing is i've noticed with americans is like if they've done something they're like they're proud of what they've done regardless of 
how good they were back then or whatever. This they, they hold themselves in a different yeah. way. Whereas we tend we tend to play things off like, oh, no. nah, nah, it's all good, it's all good. Like a bit yeah. modest, yeah. Like even though you know the Western world, we all speak the same language, like English and stuff. Like the cultural differences between even New Zealand and Oz is huge, as well as like yeah, America yeah. and the UK and stuff. So hard, yeah. It's something we kind of have to shake. But then, like, say, like, in America, I know it's the case in India, too, like, they really worship celebrities there. Mm. Like, we don't That's do... That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, we do a little bit here, yeah, but... but not so much. Like, um, Jacinda Ardern was here, apparently, yesterday, um, and I was at some event, and um, they were telling me that, like, swarms of people were, like, following her while she was here. And I'm like, really? That's something, like, you don't hear often. Nah. But maybe it's just because she's prime I minister. Think, um, with the... With the younger generation, it's getting a little bit like that yeah, with yeah. the whole social media Older thing. people are just like, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, like I've seen some celebrity, like I've been in Auckland and I'm walking down the street and I see celebrities and stuff and I'm just like, oh yeah, just let them do their thing, you know? Yeah. Like hard. I don't go stop them. Oh bro, can I get a selfie bro? Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not really a thing here. Um, but it's like. Which in some ways is. In the States, walk, you walk into like, I walked into a spot that sold, um cloves and they had a fridge of gatorade for whatever known reason i don't know why they're selling gatorade in a clove shop yeah but in there next to the gatorade they had like some nfl star like standing there holding a bottle of gatorade like on this big thing and it's like i remember just being like that's really weird i couldn't imagine like walking in somewhere and seeing richie mccaw holding like a you know a, a bottle of like kiwi blue water or, <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. kiwi like like yeah, like, we'd be not, like, "What the hell, man!" But it's sort of normal over there. It's like, and on all their it's all their ads, it's like yeah. always. And we put celebrities on our ads here too. But over there, it's like it's, it's on connect, another level there. Yeah, and it's almost like oh, the best way. Um, Dave Chappelle on one of his things ages ago, and he's like, he's like, you know, I can't tell the difference between Pepsi and Coca Cola. To be honest, I have no idea the differences, but. Pepsi paid me the most recently, so it tastes better. <laughs> I was just like, but that's that's their whole thing over there from from an outsider's point of view is is that they they definitely look at their celebrities like, oh, I'm definitely gonna go buy that drink because oh, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 gonna go buy that drink because my favorite. So I, I find sort of weird, but it's not it's not as prevalent. It's not as like it's not as in your face. Yeah, yeah. nah, they definitely put Richie McCaw on the odd thing or. Whatever, oh, yeah. but it's no, it's not like everything. Different yeah. market, and maybe uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the the upside of tall poppy syndrome. Maybe that we don't have that, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny thing, man. It's so, have you just been to Chicago in the states, or have you been? And oh, because you've been to LA as well. Chicago. Um, so when I went for three star, we were in Chicago for a week, and then me and my wife just took like a couple, like a week and a half off, and spent our time in LA. Um, nice. Shout out to the bro Ryan, yeah, my yeah. old school school friend. He um he put us up. He was staying in an apartment in uh, Hollywood at the time. Yeah, so we stayed at his place and we got to see LA. Um, I've only been in LA airport, but I mean, I had a bit well, of a chat I mean, with Ryan about it. But in, um, that, in that case, I've been to uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been to <laughs> well, Dallas been, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to Dallas I don't, airport. I don't count the airport as being somewhere <laughs> though. Um, <laughs> but was it like because I've heard that there's a lot of um you know junkies and it's dirty and there's people like living on the streets and stuff in um, LA. bro been in Auckland recently is not no different oh bro, bro. 
you know, bro, it's Auckland's sad. changed dramatically it's since sad, I've left. Because yeah. I, I walk from the train to to Mains on Thursdays. Bro, which which train like, the the pretty much down oh, yeah. Mat, yeah. Um, up to Mains and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a horrible sight. But but yeah, LA's it's like a uh, sort of like Auckland in a way, I would say. It's probably a little dirtier in spots, but there's there's something similarish about it. So it's like, um, so it's Hollywood's on, horrible. Like, in in what sense? It, like you walk around, but it smells like dog piss everywhere you walk. Like, bro, well, I've been to India, so like, yeah, but it's like <laughs> you know, you, like as a kid, you're like, oh, Hollywood, Hollywood. Yeah, you it's glamorized. That's, that's just fucking horrible, bro. K Road's nicer than Hollywood, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, Hollywood's weird. Venice Beach is like K Road a lot because it's like just this mixed mash of cultures in one area. Yeah. But it's on a beach, so that's where it's way different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but yeah, um, Santa Monica. We, we spent a couple, like a, the whole day down there. Um, it was it's nice, you know. Um, again, reminds me a bit of Auckland, but it, there's some nice parts to it, and then there's some not so nice parts to it. We didn't actually go to downtown LA, um, oh, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we got to, I mean, shout out to bro JCO. Um, he's been working with Redman quite a bit recently as well. But he he looked after us while we were there and like got us into this. This is a, this is the weirdest thing about Hollywood, right? We went to this club and no one gets into this club unless you're like somebody, or you got you got to be like mad dressed in a suit and yeah, yeah, turn yeah. up with like four girls in order to be able to get into this, oh, true. this one club. It's like something you see on like a movie yeah, yeah. and it's like they've got a door list and it's like you ain't no way you're getting in but bro it's like JCO was DJing there one night and I made it onto the VIP list. So we got oh, there. Nice. We got there and it's like I was dressed like this bro just a hat and hoodie like I had a fresh ass hat and a fresh ass hoodie but I just dress how I normally dress yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was weird because everyone was staring at us like we were someone important because we walked in front of the line in front of everyone. Uh, uh, me, who, my, who, me and my wife, he? Ryan, what celebrity is he? one of the girls from Red Bull. We just like, well, yeah, and it was it was like that. It's like people were like looking at me all funny because it was like I was the only one because my bro, Ryan, he always dressed fresh, collared and whatever. Yeah. I was just, you know, but it was that. It was like everyone was looking at me sort of weird because it was like there's this guy in a hoodie in here. Like, who is this guy? And there was quite a few people were approaching the Red Bull girl asking who I was. And then she would be like, oh, yo, he's a DJ from New Zealand. And rah, rah, he's over here. <laughs> so it's like her being her, like Michelle, she's real cool too. She looked after us while we were there, took us out for dinner and stuff. But she, um, yeah, she she was working for Red Bull at the time. So it was like, it was almost, I guess she felt almost obliged to like big up me while we were there to these people who were asking who I was and shit. So it was like it was it was a real weird. Do you think experience. you could cope with fame if you were famous? Now, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because I'm back then when I was only I was only 24 at the time, bro. It was like I I couldn't I couldn't deal with going and competing in a world final, bro. It's like I my I I don't know what was going through my head at the time. It was like I was just lost, mad lost. But now I'm a bit older and shit, and it's like. I'm, a lot more content with who I am as a yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could deal with it pretty easy. Have you ever? Because I, you've met P Money, eh? Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's homie. Because um, I've, I've seen like he's given you props heaps of times. Yeah, um, P's, P's good, man. Like, he's such a nice guy, like real nice guy. Um, I heard from one person ages ago, not saying their name, that when he was younger, he was quite a bit like 
big headed, but I mean, he had done a lot by the time he was 21, 22. Oh, yeah. So it was like, dude, I remember, you remember when Bebo was around? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I did this little, I did this little rap and I said it to him and he responded and I was like, oh, yo, yeah, my yeah. man. <laughs> but it was funny because like he, uh, he, when I was in Chicago, I saw him starting liking my shit on, um, on Instagram and I was like, yeah. oh, like, again, it's like, P-Money knows who I am. Yeah, because it's yeah, like, yeah. he's a big reason as to why I even started doing this shit. Oh, dude, he's one of the OGs, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, and so I, I just hit him back. I was like, oh, hey, bro, could it be cool to sit down and have a coffee? And we sat down and had a coffee. I told him like what I do and what I'm up to and what I want to be doing. Um, and he gave me some really good advice and, you know, it took me a lot longer to get there. Um, but, but yeah, you know, um, and every now and again, I'm, um, like, I was, I was supposed to go on tour with Slum Village. Oh yeah, over in Europe. Yep, um, it was Pete Rock, Slum Village. I think uh, Premier was on tour with them as well. Okay, there was like this big tour with all these hip hop cats, and yeah, they were talking about taking me on tour with them through Europe. And so when we were in discussions back and forth, I was like, had one inbox open with P Money as well. I was like, oh, like how do I pro- like how do I approach this? You know? yeah. And he's been really, really good with me for that. It's like that's cool. When I ask him for advice, he always gives me real solid advice. What is he's like a radio host or something now, isn't he? Uh no, he's um A and R for Sony Records. Oh, nice. So it's like he's um, yeah, he's he's like he, developing. You know, artists. Dirty Dirty was the label man. Bro, Dirty and Dawn Red, I mean, Dawn Red was killing that, and then yeah. Dirty just came out and just went. Bow, 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 bow. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like that's what it felt like at the time as as a consumer. Of yeah, little, yeah. Like, because all the best artists were coming out. Dude, of Dude, I was going to the record shop every at city the city shop ECM Music or Sounds Sounds in New Lynn was my spot. Yeah. Um, and I'd go there every week and cop the newest Dawn Raid shit. You know what I mean? And then then as soon as that dirty shit started slapping out, bro, I was like, it's like, yo, okay, what else? Like, that's what it felt like at the time. Yeah, it was yeah. like Dawn Raid, then Dirty just went, nah, we've got these guys and they're like on the same caliber or better pnc like pnc i want to see pnc do some more old school style pnc shit yeah p you if you you're watching really hear, bro you, yeah <laughs> you don't really hear much from those dudes now nah, like, but only, pnc's like, dope even, as fuck bro yeah like, pnc like obviously scribe's gone through all this shit but um yeah i mean david dallas like yo like scribe's a, a great creative and I, i've never actually met scribe um i'd love to have him on here i actually. get hit him bro um He'll probably be keen too. Is he, is he living in Auckland or is he in Christchurch? I'm, I think he's in Christchurch. I could be wrong. He's like because he's from Christchurch, but yeah. I don't know if he's back in Christchurch. He's, or he's good living friends in with some good friends, you know. It's like yeah, the yeah. bro Richie Mills and him like grow like, but, up together. Because I shit. think like this would be a good platform for him because I think he gets, you know, the the, the wrong message gets across in the media sometimes, and it gets twisted, yeah. and the the wrong narrative gets out. So like I Fuck like the media, bro. Yeah, bro. So like if he came on here, he could like say everything he needed to say without being edited or anything yeah um you know he's a creative person you know um i come from a a family of addicts and shit too so it's like and i've had to check myself on certain things to to keep myself in line um and my wife has fucking definitely kept me in line you gotta have a good click man bro my my wife's she's a boss bro she's awesome um but but super creatives like him bro and he and and you see it a lot with music Oh, not even of, in all genres, bro. Like in America, rock music, fucking yep. jazz music, any country music. Like, there's these guys that are really amazing at what they do, but generally, it comes at a price. Yeah, and I think I think to a degree, 
they've got as good as they are because they're what they were chasing to be as good as possible became addictive. Yeah. So well, they've I, got this. I have an addictive personality. Yes. Yeah, it's very, same, it's very, very easy for me to get addicted to stuff, which is why I'm very careful about like I don't do any substances of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. Primarily because I'm like, eh, no. like I know, oh, I'm I, know the same, I know, I know myself well enough to know that I'm like, nah. If I try this substance once, it could lead to a, a very dark road. So I just, yeah. I don't do that. <clears throat> oh, I'm same, same, bro. Um, you know, it's like, and I like going through West Auckland, bro. It's like yeah. going through high school, end of high school. Meth became this fucking huge thing all of a oh, sudden. Bro. You know? And shout now. out to everyone who's been through that and and come out on the on the, the end on of the other it. side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, but. There, I saw some friends going to some dark places with that shit and I just in, in a way it was I, I you know meth and then it's like some of my boys that I was really close with just they start they started like doing MDMA every weekend and it was like a normal thing and I, you know that's your thing that's all good yeah. pick your poison um, but for me I was like I was, I was always a bit like oh well I prefer this hip hop thing over here yeah and yeah. I prefer just to stay at home and and be better at this DJing shit than totally just be going to raves and it was never really my scene and i also knew in myself that it's like dude if if i enjoy that if i enjoy something bro i go 120 percent on it so i knew just to stay away from the shit you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. um i've had i've i've had my problems with fucking not being able to stop drinking enough alcohol and shit i like know that. a lot of people like that like and it's a big problem in new zealand right yeah binge drinking dude and it's like um, I, i'd drink myself to blackouts like every weekend at yeah. one point and it was like I think it was just it was a it was a moment also of um and I I would turn like um my like my mum's side of the family tend to have a issue with when they drink they get quite aggressive and angry. And I started having that problem myself. Yeah. You know? Um and I saw my wife getting pissed off a lot because I'd have these blackouts and I'd get angry about dumb shit and about nothing. And it's like a lot of it's just to do with like how you think day to day and it all comes out in the fucking wash with the, with the booze and it's like right. I'd start putting myself in check because I was like if I didn't she would have fucked off bro she would you know so. but I suppose it's a subconscious thing right you're not even aware that you're doing it yeah when you're in that state yeah and even know. and like like I'd imagine some people find it hard that, in that self reflection yeah because you get caught up in that kind of routine that cycle yeah and and just it's it, it is like a bad it's a bad cycle um, but if you can and I think that's part of like trying to find yourself as a person and as a grown-up is like you got to try and find uh find the reasons you're a little bit like that you know um and a lot of it's to do with just your perception the way you think about your day-to-day life because yeah, quite yeah. often you'll be going home from work like fuck that my boss is a dick and uh, but it's like your boss probably isn't a dick you just need to you just need to like flip about how you're thinking about your everything that it, goes through it your day. It can dramatically change your life just doing change that, who right? you're hanging out with. If, yep. if that helps, do whatever you need to do. Because I know a lot of people like they blame all their problems like on the government. Yeah, on I some mean, person that fucked them over like ten years ago. I love it when John Key was in power, bro, because everything was always his fault. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's raining today. It's yeah. John Key's fault. Yeah. And, but you know, like I mean, I've had I'm not a f- huge fan of John Key, but but at the same time, it's like he he's just a person doing what he thinks is probably better for new zealand yeah well this is uh, because i've had politicians on here right yeah 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 so like it's it's taught me to be more objective when you're because you've got to be able to separate the politics from the person the character of the person yeah 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 and then because they're just 
they're just trying to get they'll get through life just like everyone else is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that they're in the public circle. Yeah. yeah. And then people just, you know, because they might make a decision that affects someone and or that person in a negative way. Yeah, then yeah. Then this is emotional grudge and they just hate, hate the person. Oh, fuck them because they ruined my life. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you're never going to keep everyone happy. It's like DJing too, bro. Yeah. You can't fuck it. Well, like, yeah, you play one song, someone will like it. Another person will hate it. You know, um, Why is he blowing that song? So it's just like... Uh, exactly, bro. You can't like keep a seesaw. everyone happy all the time. And yeah. It's like... And if you start chasing, trying to trying to keep everyone happy all the time, then you generally like fucking aren't doing what you need to do to keep yourself in check, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. So how did um, Burgerfield happen? The Burgerfield oh, radio thing? Yo, shout out to bro. Uh, bro, Matt. I... Yeah, I love Burgerfield. Yeah, I, I think everyone it. does. It's yeah, good. Yeah, man. It's smash. It's a good it, product, bro. bro. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I used to smash it every week. Well, the thing is, like, I'm a big fan of, like, just fucking making the best product you can no matter what the fuck you do, you know? It's like... Totally. If you sell, I don't know, car tires. Like, if I owned a tire shop, I couldn't sell shit that I know someone's going to skid off the road with. Like, just just <laughs> yeah. subconsciously, I was like, I'm like, man. It's like, as a panel beater, I used to take a lot of... Especially when I started enjoying panel beating more was my last couple of years panel beating because... Right. Um, which is weird because that was when I was like, oh, I need to get out of this. But at the same time, I was like, I started taking a lot more pride in my work and I found the more pride you took in your work, the better you felt about your day at work. Yeah, um, I agree. And and having a boss that allowed me to take that extra 15 minutes to just make this job right was was key to that as well. Yeah. You know, um, but Burger Fuel's a good product and, and like the guy who's in charge of like making how the burgers taste and stuff, shout out to Mills, um, he's... He's a really nice guy and he cares a lot about making something as good as he possibly can. And it's just like, I mess with that. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, as a brand, that's their whole shit. Is like, they just want to do the dopest shit that they can do the dopest way possible. Well, it's cool how much it's expanded too. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's in other countries and stuff like America and Dubai and... Yeah, Dubai. I think one of their busiest shops is actually in Dubai. Yeah. They've got like a cult following in Dubai. It's weird. It's I find it really cool. But um, do you get free burger fuel? Yeah, I get I get oh, like a man, okay. certain amount of tickets a month. And yeah, yeah. Oh, just, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, but and it's good because it's like if I go to first studio session, and it's like I just rock up with burgers. Like, oh, here, have yours, have yours. Oh yeah. Um, nice. But the yeah, so the uh, the bro uh, Matt, I was doing like a shop at KFM. Oh yeah. Um, and the bro Matt. Bumping Ugly that was on after, he was like, oh, he was um, working at Burger Fuel Mount Eden at the time and he was like doing some stuff for the, they just started like a radio station yeah. and he was doing some bits and pieces and he's like, oh, I should put you in touch with this dude, Lee. Lee will, you know, get you in and do a guest mix. Like, yeah, cool. And I turn up one guest mix and then uh, they're like, that was cool. You know, come back next week. I'm like, yeah, cool. Then the next uh, the next time I went, there was a there was a stack of ever DJs there. Um, one dude from Canada and then it's like just a few like drum and bass heads and stuff and they were all bugging out because I get busy bro you know it's like yeah, when I do yeah. my mixing even if it's just club style mixing or whatever it's like I like to be creative and do some crazy shit yeah. um, and they all bugged out and then Lee's like hey do you just want to make this your weekly thing Um, and then so I just keep doing that and then over as the years went I was just like oh can we do this and they're like yep cool oh can we do this yep cool so now I'm like doing more regular stuff with them and Whatever that's cool, it? man, because it sounds like just everything's fallen into place for you. Yeah, I mean, although way, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if that's exactly how it is. Nah, but it, I it mean, looks that way. There's a lot of dead ends, but you know, it's like, but what you put, what you, 
because I know a lot of what you broadcasters. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like Facebook, and it's like you see one of your friends absolutely killing it, and it's like, oh, do yeah. they? Yeah, I don't believe they that. Ain't. Should I? Yeah, you can't. You know, um, it's it's oh, it's crap. It's, they don't show you all the you know all the negative stuff and all, all the, the hustle. Sport. Yeah, like, yeah, all the bad stuff behind the scenes. You just see the highlights. As the Ryan hundred million the emails that they had to send to get one. Okay, you know, like yeah, that shit do. takes a lot of time and effort. And yeah, 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 I think people like even with this podcast, man. People are like, oh, yo, man, it's doing so well and out the gate. Da, da, da. I'm like, yo, man, you have no idea how many people like I contact on, <laughs> on a on a on you know on a weekly basis. Yeah, just to get on here and constantly reaching out and researching and all that. So yeah, it's a hard hustle, man. Yeah, and it's like you know, and Ryan with his podcast is like he holds down that full time job and then he's got the kids and then he's got his 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 consistent music he constantly puts out and then like between all that he finds time to like research new music and stuff and i tried to do yeah. a tv show thing on live to facebook a while ago oh, did you yeah and it's it like that took hours out of my week just to put together like an yeah. hour show and and it's like uh, and then dealing with creative people too like they're like oh yeah cool and then they double book themselves for something else and then they text you on the day like oh sorry bro i can't make it and it's like oh bro i've just written the whole show yeah you know and um, now you've, you've now i've got to like swap you up someone else yeah, yeah in some way that worked for the last the last episode i tried to do of it was um so a couple of dudes backed out um and not gonna say any names um <laughs> and then just happened to be stro elliott the beat maker was in town oh uh, yep i was and like i was out. desperate to get one extra person on so i hit the bro hudge who who was bring, um who was hosting him at neck of the woods and Hudge was like yep sweet as let's look it up and i got to interview one of my favorite beat makers. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I was like, I was like, while I was interviewing him and we're talking about Jersey Jeff and shit, I was like, I was like, fuck, like I still in my head was like, this isn't happening right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, but you know, um, that was that was a fun little project. Um, we we were doing that off like, I was getting some of my students at the time to like come in and do sound, and I we were doing it with like no money whatsoever, and the bro um, Ben. Like, because he came up with the idea, like, oh, let, let's do something live. I'm like, cool. And then we tried that and we did three episodes. And then it got to a point because he's a freelance videographer and he does, um, like, live to air. He's done live to air for, like, Sky TV and stuff like that as well. Oh, nice. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And, he, like, multiple cameras set up. It was, in, it was insane, bro. It was really, yeah. really cool. But, um, but it was his job and he, I couldn't have him every two weeks to do this thing because he needed to get paid. And, yeah. And if I was going to continue doing it, I needed to get something out of it. And, just the stress levels. I was I was not sleeping like all week. I'd have like two hours, three hours sleep because I was trying to piece together everything myself. Yeah. And and because of that, I was just like, I just had to let it go. I was like, man, it was it was too much. Um, but if I could make that shit happen again and just have two two acts every every two weeks and have someone write the show and some other people. So yeah, if anyone's watching this and they want to become a producer, and hit up scissor hands, you know, man. It's like. Because the whole idea originally was to like get some sponsors and get some money going on. Yeah, and stuff well, like that's that. that's what I want to do here at some point. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a really really cool concept and it was a really cool place to uh, showcase um, people's fresh videos that they just dropped and stuff yep. like that. Um, it, it's sort of like what Ryan's got going on, but it was yeah, I it wanna, was another level having like extra hands and stuff like that. I want to I want to check out his um his spot at some point. Yeah, do bro. It, yeah, yeah, because his, his is all like all green screen and stuff the majority of the day. No, he's really he's really sitting in like that live studio. <laughs> but no, it's he the way he's, but he's, he's got he's, a setup. He's got a, he's got a good setup, and man. he's one man bands it, bro. It's like you yeah, watch yeah. him while he's doing it. He's just like it's insane. I'm yeah, like, yeah. 
That, that, there's some cogs going in that guy's head that people don't have. Like, there's extra cogs yeah, in that guy's head. Like, I got so much respect for that guy, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, because oh, he's, he's such a beast in terms of his work ethic, man. Yeah. Like, that stuff motivates me, man. I'm like, yo, man, if he can do it. Oh, hard. Uh, I, I can, when, I can when do I'm it. And like, he's doing it with kids. I don't even have kids in, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, like, that's the thing is when you got kids too, you, like, you, you're a little bit more, because um, I've only got the one daughter at the moment, but um, I feel bad for working extra late and stuff like that so it's like i try to take the time to make sure i'm dealing with wife and kid and like sundays yeah. i rule sundays out where sundays are like i ain't doing shit for no one that's like home time yeah you know um but but yeah you know dude when when i'm like oh man i've been working so hard today in my head i'm like i'm like no nah, i haven't I, I just think of that guy where i'm like <laughs> it's like dude that dude is a machine he's not human uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not a. Eh? He just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, I take my. He, hand I mean, I, he posted a while back. He's like, oh, I'm stopping with the broke artist podcast, you know. But and he then can't. Like, and then like two weeks later, he was back again. I'm gonna take a, a, a I'll take, I'll break take from a break. music. I'm gonna take a break from music. Puts out an album. It's yeah, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think he tries to, but he can't. He's probably like us, man. Has an addictive personality, and like he has yeah. to keep himself busy. Like I get bored of. I'm not doing my, like when I first moved down here from uh, Auckland, right? Because I wasn't dealing with traffic anymore. I gained an extra three hours a day. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, shit, man, I've got all this extra time. I've got to find stuff to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, because, oh, man, there's nothing worse than boredom, man. It's the worst. It's the worst. So yeah. I got to keep myself occupied. I find it's like, it's hard, it's sort of harder to be a lot more bored these days, too, with your, like, oh, if you've got a family always, and stuff, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. a phone. There's always like games on your phone and stuff, so it's like. But even then, sometimes the games get boring or whatever. But, but I don't know. I but it's not felt like that you know when you're doing like when you're playing a game or something though. It's not as productive. Like you don't feel the sense of achievement. Yeah, as yeah, you hard. would if like you're actually creating something. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard. Yeah, and the thing is, like even creating something sometimes is like that can make you feel like you're not achieving something. Yeah, yeah. So like sometimes I can spend ages on a beat and it's not going anywhere. I'm like... Oh, bro. But uh, sometimes yeah, you're insane. like, there's just bang. And you're like, fuck, I need to make a beat now. And yeah. then sometimes you're like, 10 minutes and you've made some shit that's like, whoa, oh, oh, fuck, I made that. Yeah. And it's like, creativity is a weird... Yeah, totally, man. Like A weird beast. Yeah. Do you ever get like writer's block or anything? Um... Well, not in it's the probably same. still early, it's it's still early days for you, really, in um, terms of the production. Oh, all the time, like all the time, hard out, like. No. Um, but sometimes, like, you'll come out with an idea, and then, um, the next day that beat will play in your head, and then you hear something over the top of it. Then you've yeah. got you got to go straight to the studio. Either that, or I record it into my. It's a beautiful thing about having our phones these days. You know, it's like I can, you can record do so, that idea yeah, yeah, into yeah, my like phone, a, like an idea, like, like mumble something. Hmm. <laughs> like as horrible as it sounds like when you get back to the studio you're like oh I, I know what I'm trying to achieve right now yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah and there's one thing is like sometimes if I'm just like in my car driving and sometimes the music won't be on for a minute I'll get like ideas for bars like for writing bars like yeah, for, yeah. for rapping so it's like I've been doing that for a while so it's like I can't wait till I've got enough to be like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna try write a, write a rap you know and obviously I'm gonna get it checked over by all the bros but, I um I had on last week Trazer who's a battle rapper. Oh uh, yo yo and like he was detailing for me how the whole how he structures his verses and how he writes and stuff. It's actually real interesting because those guys like they got a harder man because they got to write like six minutes of material and then memorize it completely. 
yeah, and just do and, it once and then that's it. And they've got to have punchlines for days that make people go, oh. Yeah, yeah. Is I feel sorry for some of them that do some real smart shit and it goes over people's heads though. Yeah, well, this is this is what one of the questions I asked um, Tracer when he was on was, um, do you ever write a punchline and think it's going to pop and then nah, it doesn't. He's like, every fucking battle, bro. Every fucking battle, yeah. he said. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to dumb it down for the masses. Sometimes you're, <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes you're too invested in it from the get-go so you don't see it on a uh, on a consumer's... Well, you're looking at it from a creative standpoint as yeah. opposed to a consumer standpoint, yeah, right? Yeah, So, so you, like, you, you're looking at it through a different lens so you can't see it the way they see it. Yeah. And it's very hard to do that, actually. And I think it's like as you get older, you, you get uh, better at understanding that when someone um, says, oh, this isn't going to work, you don't get butthurt out of it anymore. It's like 10 years ago, if I was like, oh, this is really, really, really cool, and someone's like, oh, it's not going to work, yeah. I would have been like, Ugh. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. I was young and stupid. But as I've got older, it's like, yeah. I understand. But like, I understand that. And like, I, I'm trying to do like um, this content I'm making at the moment in order to be able to like push out the um, one of the videos is actually going to drop today, but to push out the next couple of tracks and yeah. stuff like that. And um, I, I made like 11 of these videos and I sent them to the bro, Edgar and Kenny, who are actually in the video. And, um, said to them like like oh hey i'm gonna put all these up and then it goes like oh no nah, i think you should only do this much because this and that you know is a bit boring and he, when he said that i was like yeah actually yeah you're right was there a split second where you're like what the fuck did he say nah then, yeah, nah, nah or was it I, just completely i, I was just feeling you know, like oh yeah bit. you're right and then and then and then like i was like yeah you are right and then I was like, while I was talking on the phone with him, I was like, I was like, yeah, no, you're right, bro, because you're you're looking at this as a consumer because you didn't you didn't sit there and edit this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, you you need someone who hasn't had eyes on it from the get go. Totally, man. Just totally. to just be like, nah, or yet. Yeah. And yeah. that's where Bo's really good with my production shit too, because I'll I'll come to him with I'll come to him with the full finished thing, and it's like he'll be like, just drop that out of it and just leave it not there. I'm like, cool, I trust you. This is the first time you've heard it and if it didn't resonate with you right away, then I trust you. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, man. Um, well, hey, man, I might wrap it up there unless yeah, there's anything else you want to cover. But before um, nah. um, before we go, you're going to um, bust out some cool stuff on the decks for us. Um, yeah, but, where's, but where's the best stuff or uh, well, best way for people to contact you? Uh, best way to contact me would be... Via Instagram these days, bro. Yep, Instagram's yeah. the best way. DJ Scissorhands. Yeah, I try to stay away from Facebook and shit because. Oh, bro, that's a that's a, it's a consuming asshole that one. <laughs> Whereas you just Instagram, I can like have a quick hit and I'm like I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I deleted the Facebook app, which I, I'm pretty sure Ryan and Aneem like followed my suit on that one. They did, and then they got back in it again. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, I, it's, I, to it's, be honest, I downloaded it again last week just so that way I can like post up about the. The everything yeah, coming well, out. Yeah, that's the thing. That's but how they get you, right? Yeah, but like, once it's once it's done, I'm like, no, once I'm the EP's that. out, I'm this just gone again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same. Like, I wish I didn't have to use it to like market all this stuff, but I kind of need it. Yeah. But then you end up getting addicted to it, and then you end up reading a bunch of yeah. whole bunch of useless information. To be perfectly honest with you, oh, I don't need to know my friend bought a hat for his cat. <laughs> took a photo of it and put it on instagram and yeah, it's, but like you don't need stupid. to know that yeah it's like why do you need to tell people that man like i don't understand my wife fully like just deleted herself for facebook she's like fuck it over it i'm just like <laughs> oh good on her yeah good and her. and yeah i get it like it's just 
it's, a, it's such a waste of time. And the only thing you miss is that it's like someone invites you to something. And being being a DJ, bro, it's like your friends with all these other DJs. So you get invited to a million things a day. Uh, so yeah. you miss your friend's birthday anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, you because you don't look at invites, you're just like, eh, man. Like, yeah. And, you know, if, if I really need to be there, they'll, they'll hit me on text. The, yeah. They know, they know I ain't spending. Yeah. They got your digits. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Cool, um, everyone. So uh, make sure you share, like, and subscribe and uh, follow my boy, uh, DJ Scissorhands. But with that, we are going to get on to some scratching. What do you actually call it? A routine? DJ routine? No, nah, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just going to, like, show some, like, simple techniques. Oh, and yeah. Then, he's going to just do, like, a little it. freestyle thing um, using my own beat. Uh, yeah, we'll do We'll do that that way. Yep, cool. I'm All a right. teacher, and I like to teach people what goes into shit. So. Yep. Let's go. Let's All go. Right. All right. All right. So we got um, like scratching and starts with like real basic things. So it's like yep. if I move the record back and forth, right? I've just got baby like forward, back. Yep. And it's like we're talking about different articulations. I could do that slow or big. So it's like when I got into like bad habits, it was more about more about like oh, only moving it like this every time I use instead of you know right right so it's, like it's about coming up with different articulations of it to be able to get different sounds and whatever um so it wasn't until a lot later that i was like yo i really need to be good at really really good at the basic stuff um and then so you get like cut, cuts as when i was like i move forward but i cut off the backstroke and then you got the reverse of that right um and then you know stabs is the same but uh and then um and then you got like the it's like skateboarding i guess so skateboarding you've got um like a a kick flip an ollie and a pop shove it you can't do anything else flip trick wise without those three things okay um so the the third thing for scratching would be the uh chirp which is where i start open and then close it going forward and then open coming back and then this opens you up to things like flares which start open as well right so you got to learn all of these basic how, ones how seamless do you have to make everything in terms uh, of like with the crossfader and as seamless on. as you want it like yep. guys like cxl manchu are really good at doing really fast technical stuff but they tend to like mad flow everything together which is cool um i think and it's like scratching is like rappers flows yeah, yeah yeah so so i think of it as like that's their flow and that's their style which would be more like tech nine or twister or something yeah. like that yeah. whereas i think of someone like uh greg the bro greg harper um who isn't like widely known but probably one of the best scratches in new zealand basic basic simple scratches but yeah. done in a way that no one does them and real right. funky um and sounds really good and i think of that as someone like pharaoh munch you know like technical but just flows in a particular way has these gaps yeah and it's like those gaps matter um you know um i don't know who i liken myself to as a rapper but but it's more like for me it's like getting little technical itsy bitsies and then putting them together and then having these gaps and then coming in and then having these gaps so it's mm. like miles davis i think it's miles davis talking about like how a trumpet player shouldn't be playing the whole time it's the silence that the trumpet player has that makes uh, the importance yeah so yeah it's like that's my a little bit of my approach but then when okay. you're like jamming off other guys you sort of want to like show your shit yeah but yeah those basic scratches lead up to um more technical things like the autobahn which is like a combo of like stabs babies um and drags so it's yeah. like oh um, nice and then 
you know, delayed flares. Um, the list just goes on. It keeps adding up. But um, one of the old school scratches is is the the uh, transform. So it's like. Jazzy, oh, yeah, Jazzy yeah, Jeff, transform. You know? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and then, again, trying to find ways to make that your own. So it's like, I could go. You know, instead of just doing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, or one, two, three, one, two, you know, keeping it too much on like 16th notes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just about like using everything and trying to come up with your own flows and styles. Um, things get mad technical. Um, you've got like the crab, which is like a 90s style scratch that back then was probably one of the hardest to do, which is like the, uh, just the snap of the fingers. I can only get three fingers in. Cause it sounds like crab, crab, crab. Yeah. Oh, is that why it's called crab? Yeah, because Jazzy Jeff and oh, not Jazzy Jeff, sorry. Uh, Cuba and Mixmaster Mike were in Paris or some shit, and the guy's like, "Would you like the crab? Oh, like a crepe? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, we'll call that scratch that we do the crab. Oh, because it sounds like crab. Everyone just called it crab, crab. So it just stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like you can call it the crab too, because it's like crab. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you just come up with a whole bunch of stuff. Like I've got one that um, me and like the bro PJ has showed me this idea and then I sort of like fiddled with it and I called it double saddled horse, which is like a combo of a whole bunch of like new style and old school things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one thing. Yeah. Nice. So it's like, it's about putting the intricacies on the backstrokes and doing all sorts of weird things. Mint. But yeah, um, I'm just going to have a quick little jam. And yep. Just with typical. Damn. Sweet. So this is this is actually one of the beats of the EP. Uh this is the one that Kevin Posey's on the last beat. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 